CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. We have a big OA show for you tonight. Here is what's coming up. Netflix shares soared today after a wild week, but the chartmaster says don't trust the bounce. He'll tell us why. Plus, industrials are getting crushed. Mike Coe has a way to protect from more losses. And chip stocks are sinking. And Dan Nathan says the recent sell-off is just the tip of the iceberg. He'll lay out the trade. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now. XLIs. All right, welcome. We do start with the chip stocks rallying today, but closing the week down around 5%. And it was a number of once high-flying names that got hit the hardest. We're talking NVIDIA, Advanced Micro, Intel, Taiwan Semi, all getting crushed. The group now on track for its worst month in six years. Could the move be the beginning of the end of the chip rally? Let's get in the money now. And we are all over the map today. Dan and Mike out in San Francisco. Carter is at the plasma. Dan, we start with you and your semis trade. Yeah, hey, Scotty, how are you? So like you said, you know, the semis had a really bad week, down 5% of the week. And I got to tell you, today's bounce wasn't particularly impressive, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think it really sets up for a retest of today's lows. We have a quick one-year chart here. It bounced off the low that it made a few months ago. But this is an index, the, the SMH, the ETF that tracks the semiconductor space, that made its high for the year back in March. It's never even tested that again. It's been rolling. And then when you think about all of the issues that we have regarding this potential trade war with China, semiconductor companies are right in the middle of this. And I think they're taking a big brunt of this. And I also think that the early year strength had to do with a lot of double ordering in fear of a potential trade war. So to me, you know, you have this bounce today um, off of 95-ish. Um, you know, I have a five-year chart here. I think this is really important, and, and Carter can speak to it in a little bit. But it broke the uptrend that had been in place from the two, uh, 2016 lows. I think there's a really good shot that if we bounce a little bit more early next week, it sets up as a great candidate to put back out as a short. I want to look to November expiration. Um, we do have a couple data points, though. Next week, Taiwan Semi, the largest component of the SMH, reports earnings. It's a really important company. 17% of their sales come from, uh, come from Apple, and they make chips for Qualcomm. They make chips for AMD, for NVIDIA and Texas Instruments. So this could be the catalyst. So I want to put this trade on early next week. I want to bounce a little bit more on Monday in the SMH. And this could also be a good hedge if you own NVIDIA or AMD or some of these ones that are still up a lot. So looking out November expiration, when the SMH was trading at 97 bucks, you could buy the November 95.85 put spread, paying $2 for that. That breaks even down at 93 bucks. You can make up to $8 between 93 and 85. Your max risk is $2, about 2% of the stock price. Again, this is a sector ETF that is basically down a couple percent. It's got a few large components that are holding it up. If earnings season doesn't hold up here for those big ones, this thing's going lower. All right. Carter, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you can see the lines drawn. It's a fairly textbook uptrend and then a break-in trend, just as Dan described it. One thing I would um, point out, of course, which is also a part of that, not only do we have, and you see a two-panel 
uh, chart here. Not only do we have a break in trend, but what we have is deteriorating relative performance. And, and really, in many ways, that's what alpha is, right? The opportunity cost to be in one thing versus something else. And so as depicted here, essentially semis have been in a range for the better part of uh, eight to 10 months, but they've not been in a range in terms of relative performance. And you can see here, if I just zoom this in, we've basically, we're breaking down on a relative basis, i.e. performing much worse than the market. In fact, the semiconductor stock is exactly unch on the year, where of course the S&P is still up about uh, three and a half percent. Absolute down, relative worse, it's never a good setup. How about Mike? What do you think about this trade? Well, I think using a put spread here is going to make a lot of sense. And one of the reasons for that is that because the market has rolled over even net of today's bounce, we've seen a really steep increase in the price of options, implied volatility. So when you go out and you buy outrights, you know, typically you like to do that when options are very inexpensive. Maybe you do that when you think that the market might roll. But once it has already started to do that, two things have happened. One, you've seen a portion of the decline that you're likely to see. And the second thing is you've seen that increase in options premium. So that's when using these spreads make a lot of sense. And another reason that you would see those elevated options premiums is because we are entering earnings season. That's a period when generally you're going to see elevated options premiums anyway. You combine that with the volatility we've seen over the course of the last week, and you definitely want to look to spreads to make your directional bets right now, I think. Danny, I give you the final word here. Yeah, and I would just make one last point. So we had a really rough week. There was a lot of groups that got really beaten up. Today was a huge, huge um, bounce day, but it wasn't that impressive. I mean, you know, if it doesn't follow through on Monday, I think the market's going to have real problems. So this is not something I want to press a short, a group that's acted poorly and press it at the lows. Let's give it a little room. Let's see Monday afternoon. And if it doesn't feel like a great Great bounce, a two-day bounce. That's when you put this trade on. All right, man, good stuff. Now, from semis to streaming, Netflix shares soaring today after a brutal sell-off this week. The stock up around 6%, bouncing off key support. This after Citigroup upgraded the streaming giant to a buy this morning. That's despite today's move, though. Netflix shares still down nearly 20% from its June high. So how should you play it into earnings next week? Who has the answer but the chart master? Break it all down for us, Carter. Well, I'm not sure I have the answer, but I'm going to try to give an answer um, or a answer rather than the answer. So a couple things. One thing I would say that uh, optically there's a risk is that this is something of a head and shoulders uh, top. And, and those are reversal formations that have implications. But let's move forward and take a look at what Netflix has done. What Netflix has done, it looks a bit crowded here, but basically since... Um, uh, basically the spring and summer of 16 over the past two years, you've had major sell-offs. I mean, as we know, this is 19 percent, this is 14, 13, 14, 13, 18, 19, 26, we just had another 18. The question is, is this just a very volatile stock? Of course it is. But is it out of the woods on this next earnings print? Let me get rid of all those circles and things and put in the trend line that effectively has been in uh, well, uh, in play for the past two years. So the thinking here, from my point of view, is that we are going to come back to trend, that the head and shoulders top is in effect, and that would take us down. It looks like nothing, but that's another uh, 10, 12 percent to get down to that level. So uh, I'm going to stop it there. My hunch is that there's more risk than there is opportunity. All right. We'll see what the trade is then, Michael. Yeah, so I was just looking out to November. I was looking specifically at the 325, 275 put spread. You could spend about $12 for that. And I think it's important. 
two things here. Number one, Netflix typically moves very sharply on earnings. We've seen a lot of sharp up moves as well as down moves. Right now, it's implying about an 11% move. But here's something else to think about. In the month that follows earnings, this is a stock that typically moves about 16.5%. That implies a range that goes down to as low as 280 or maybe even slightly lower and obviously sharply higher. I think if you're going to make a bearish bet, considering the elevated options premiums we were talking about with Dan's trade earlier, I'm, I think this is a definitely a place that you want to be using spreads as well. Same situation as we were looking at before. Elevated options premiums. This thing could move a lot. This captures that range, by the way. You'll notice that this, the downside put strike that we're selling, 275, is just below that 16.5% move that we've typically seen in the month after earnings. I mean, it is usually. Yeah, I would just say that it, it is usually yeah, a big mover, Scott, Dan, that, on he, earnings. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, this is for a company that actually has now a 150 billion market cap or so. The implied movement in the high single digits is pretty massive, Scott. I would just say this, that the target of this trade is really interesting because it lines up really well with Carter's technical levels. That low from April down about at 275 or something like that, that seems like a level where if they miss and continue to go lower, that's probably the spot there. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, one of the reasons we identified this particular spread, and it seems like a wide one, we're talking about a $50 wide spread, is because of that movement and also targeting those specific levels. So I think this is definitely a situation where, you know, number one, we want to use the spread because of those elevated premiums. But look to your levels really carefully. How far do you think it could move and in what kind of a time frame? Here we're specifically targeting about a month after the earnings are going to be announced. Like I said, 280, if it moved that 16.5% that it has historically moved to the downside, it's going to be hitting right about that level of that other strike. Well, you've heard it, level uh, from Dan, level from Mike, and that's really what it's about. There is a key level. There's also a gap, um, and we'll just zoom in here. There's a gap left behind uh, on an earnings beat. Uh, often gaps are filled. It doesn't have to be that way, but that would be exactly where this level comes into play. It seems to me the risk is to the downside. All right, guys, good stuff. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. And while you're there, sign up for the OA newsletter. I read it before the show. It was amazing. I promise. Here's what's coming up next. Industrial stocks are burning investors. But if you own any of these beaten names, Mike Coe has a way to limit your losses. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Industrials melting down this week. The group sinking more than 6% is one of the worst performing sectors in the market. For more on that, let's get to Bob Pisani down at the New York Stock Exchange. Robert? Hi, Scott. Industrials have suffered more than most sectors in the recent downturn, and with good reason. They're exposed to most of the issues that are most worrying investors. Let's run down the checklist of worries. Higher rates? Check. Higher raw material costs? Check. Stronger dollar and weaker foreign currencies? Check. Tariffs? Check. Potentially weaker Chinese economy? For many industrials, check again. Little wonder industrials and their close cousins' materials are the worst performers in the latest downturn, down 8% 
since the turmoil began last week. That's worse than technology, down 7%, financials down 6%, and far worse than healthcare and consumer staples. But a lot of the biggest names have had larger declines, with Dow Components, Caterpillar, and Boeing down 11 and 9%, respectively, 3M's down 8%, Eaton, FedEx, Lockheed Martin, they're down almost as much. Then there's the airlines, rising fuel costs, canceled flights due to hurricanes, and worries about too much capacity have combined to make it a miserable year for airline investors, even as consumers are traveling more than ever. Back to you, Scott. All right, Bob, thank you so much. Bob Pisani down at the New York Stock Exchange. So if you own any of these big industrial names, how can you protect yourself from more losses? Let's kick it over to Mike with his call to action on BA. That's Boeing, Mike. Yeah, I was taking a look at Boeing, and I think we are actually seeing a setup now in, in the market to do this kind of a trade, which we're going to be looking at right now, a covered call in a lot of stocks. The first thing I would talk about here is resistance. There hasn't been much resistance for many stocks, but I think there might be. Once stocks start to break down, you create levels of resistance above where they're currently trading. The other thing right now is that, of course, because of all of this, options have become a lot more expensive. And as we were saying in the first block also, because we have upcoming earnings, that only adds to that. And finally, the reason that we typically use covered calls is to try to collect some premium. When you own stocks, there's really only a handful of ways that you can normally make money. The stock either goes higher or you collect dividends, maybe some combination of both. But when you use options, you also have the opportunity to take in some premium when you sell upside calls. And specifically, I was looking out to December I was looking at the 375 calls. You could collect 10 bucks for those when I was looking at those earlier. The stock at the time was trading about 358. So the idea here is that you basically are going to collect that $10. If the stock should rally up to that 375 strike, you're just going to keep the premium above that. You could have the stock called away from you. However, net of the $10 that you've collected, you are actually going to net about 385 on your stock. And I don't think there's a really good chance that the stock's going to blow through those levels between now and December expiration. And the other thing is that if the stock just sits here and goes sideways, or even if it goes very slightly lower, you're actually going to buffer the downside somewhat with the premium you're collecting. I typically like to collect about 1% a month or more. I think that's basically what justifies taking the risk of selling that upside call to begin with. Here we're collecting about 2.6% of the current stock price in 70 days. Yeah, I think the most important point that Mike is making here is that this was a low vol name, uh, Boeing, the implied volatility, the price of options was about 20%. This is about a month and a half ago, and now it's about 30%. So Mike's taking advantage of the fact that options premiums have gotten much higher as the stock just declined 8%, and now he's looking at that resistance and saying, you know what, this is a stock that spent most of 2018 after an early ramp in a consolidation. It broke out, it failed, now he's targeting a level where he's willing to basically get called away up at 385. So to me, I think this makes a lot of sense, this trade idea. He's taking in about 2.5% over the next two and a half months or so if the stock just stays rainfall. You know, typically after earnings, this is a stock that moves about 6.5% in that month following it's going to have to move more than 7.5% to the upside before this trade yeah. you know, actually looks like a fail. And where, the only place it does look like a fail if you own the stock is if it happens to rally significantly through that 375 strike. Yeah, one other point you know, about an overwrite. Mike said you would be called away at 375, but effectively take that $10 in premium that you're receiving. That's 385. If you got to a level above that short call strike, you don't actually have to have your stock called away. You could cover that short call. You would be taking a bit of a loss on it. Um, but that's how you would keep the stock position in place if you do not want to be called away. Yeah. Carter? 
Well, I mean, uh, really the same setup in many ways as semis, but uh, also with a twist. So Boeing, as you can see here, basically over the past three years, 16, 17, 18, has effectively gone from 100 to 400, hit a high of about 395. And, and then it's been consolidating for the better part of 11 months, um, which is often a bullish setup, which you have a big run-up and you consolidate only to ultimately assert yourself again. But while it was consolidating, right, it's basically been a market performer. And then bull trap. You have a lot of people buying because, quote, it's breaking out, um, whether it's chartists or fundamental um, individuals. And it turns out that that is just exactly what that was, a bull trap. We didn't break out. We got here and we faltered. So the relative performance never confirmed uh, the absolute breakout. I think you've got people maybe trapped here, having purchased it for the breakout, only to have to reverse themselves. Uh, it's, it's not the greatest setup at all. Um, industrials themselves, um, just moving forward. Here's the XLI, and of course it's optically very clear, isn't it? I mean, a well-defined uptrend and a break-in trend, and this is the worst part. If you do break trend, and then you try to rally all the way back to the underbelly of the trend line, and then of course fail again, that's not a good sequence, and then you see quite closely here, it was an epic double top. I mean. No, thanks. Mike, you want to comment on that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Right before we came on the air, we were uh, talking to Mark Lehman of JMP Securities, and one of the comments he made is that there are sellers higher. It definitely felt that way to me today. Every single time we caught a bid, it seemed like we had ample sellers coming in. It just makes me feel like we have a lid on prices at this point, maybe in this stock, maybe in industrials generally, and maybe in the broad market. And so that's one of the reasons why a strategy we haven't talked about as much lately is one I'm more comfortable with here, which is look to sell covered calls against stocks that you own as a way to take in a little bit of additional premium because you might not start seeing a lot of appreciation uh, between now and the end of the year, I think. Oh, interesting. All right. Still ahead, banks under pressure. Earnings are underway, and one name in the group could see a bigger breakdown. We're going to tell you what it is. Plus, got a question for one of the traders? You are in luck because we are taking your tweets later on in the show. As you know, we are live tonight from the NASDAQ in Times Square. More options action is still ahead. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to look back now at some of our open trades. Last week, Dan said Wells Fargo could be in for some trouble going into earnings. If we don't see good guidance for the end of the year, I think Wells Fargo goes back to that neckline on that head and shoulders little formation. And when you look at this thing, it really looks like it's poised for at least a move back to $50. Today when the stock was trading at 53.15, you could buy the October 53.50 put spread, paying 80 cents for that. You're buying one of the October 53 puts for a dollar, selling one of the 50 puts at 20 cents. Well, the stock was up today, but still down 2% since the time of that trade. Dan, what do you do with Wells here? 
Yeah, so I think you give it a couple more days, Scott. I mean, obviously, uh, it, it had a little bounce, uh, but it's still down week over week. And I think the price action in J.P. Morgan, that's the one you want to focus on. The fact that it could not rally today, I think you probably see more weakness in the banks. But at some point, if you think Wells Fargo is going back to 50 and it's at 52.15 right now, you're going to need to roll this thing out a little bit. So keep this one on a short leash. What I would do is early next week, if this thing goes unchanged from that 80 cent Purchase price, that's where you blow it out and you think about uh, rolling the view out. All right, let's move on to what Mike and Carter said uh, last week, that text rally was coming to a screeching halt. What we know is that we have bounced beautifully off this channel, off this channel, off this channel, again and again and again. At a minimum, I think we come back down to the channel. That implies another 5%. And then what if, and I think ultimately that's it, we break. I want to be short XLK, take profits if you're long. I was looking out to November. You could buy the 75-70 put spread, spending $1.65 for the 75 puts, and then selling the 70s against it for 50 cents. Boy, were they right. The XLK down 5% since the time of that trade. Mike, what's next for tech? Yeah, I mean, first of all, we were targeting a 5% down move. We got it actually a lot faster than we expected. It ran right to that short strike. And actually, I still have a bearish view on the space right now. So my inclination, though, because there isn't that much left in this particular spread, is to roll it down. You know, sometimes we talk about rolling down and out. Here, I don't even think we need to go out in time. This expires in November. That's fine. Sell this one, buy the 70s, and sell the 65 puts against it to get into a spread that's a little bit lower. All right, CB Dubs, what do you got? I think that's dead right, Mike. Um, we know we had a break, but we've had a rally back. So in a way, there's now new opportunity uh, on the short side because there's complacency. People have bought in believing that maybe the lows are in. Looks to me as though it's headed lower still. All right. We'll step for two. We'll come back. We'll do final calls next. Welcome back. Time for some tweets now. Our first question from Jeff, who asks, what's the general rule for exiting a spread that's going against you? Dan, take it. Yeah, great question, Jeff. Everyone has their own rules. Mine is 50% of the purchase price of a long premium spread. That makes sense to me. You cut your losses there. All right, good stuff. Thank you very much. Thanks for the question as well. Carter, final call from you. Netflix has been a great trade. It's stumbled of late. My hunch is there's a bit more stumble to come. Even with a big upgrade today from City. Michael. Yeah, use put spreads in Netflix. 325, 275 are your strikes. Danny Boy. Yeah, we got to give a shout out to Nancy Primavera. She's uh, the stage manager for Fast Money Options Action. She's fab. She's taking some time off to have a baby. Good luck, Nancy. All right, great stuff. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Options Action next Friday. Meanwhile, don't go anywhere. Mad Money with my man Kramer starts now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.